0: I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw-Quinn. The Dinner Party Show needs your support, and it's not going to cost you a
1: dime. If you're getting ready to shop on Amazon, start at thedinnerpartyshow.com. Click through the Amazon Gold Box on our homepage.
0: And a percentage of those purchases will help support the show at no extra cost to you.
1: The same goes for all the buy links on our site, including our guest products and all the items featured in Christopher and Eric's favorites. Thank you for listening. And thank you for your support. And now
0: it's time for another episode episode of The Dinner
2: Party Show, brought to you by you. Hi, I'm Patricia Cornwell, and you're listening to The Dinner Party Show with the wonderful Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn.
1: I went to a marvelous party.
0: People don't even know the facts. They go with their gut do the only thing your gut cares about is money.
1: <laughs> Christopher, this is only going to work if we speak one at a time.
0: Fine, you first, Eric. Live!
1: Good evening, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and you're listening to the Dinner Party Show's live cast for December 6th, 2015. And tonight we
0: will not be talking about complaints from certain white people huh? on social media no. that there should be an all-white version of The Wiz, uh, the beloved musical NBC aired a live production of this past week.
1: Uh-huh. And
0: by certain white people, we mean the small clutch of bigots so stupid and uneducated their ignorance managed to capture the attention of most of social media. Of course. Because most of social media knows good and well there was already an all-white version of The Wiz and it was called The Wizard of Fucking Oz. You moron. Morons. Right. tell you what, why don't you honkies go sit with those <gasps> basement-dwelling shitbirds who think having a major black character in the new Star Wars movie amounts to white genocide? Really? And before you get offended, yes, I am allowed to use the word honky uh. because I am one, although on most uh. days, to be honest, I'd rather not be because I don't want to be asked to take responsibility for the actions of most white people, especially the ones on Twitter. So for now, I'm not talking about
1: them. Well, I really don't know them. Well, you don't know Twitter, girl. <laughs> you know, actually, I got a card in the mail, I think it was, from uh-huh. the people at Twitter telling me that I had crossed 1,000 followers. Ah,
0: on congratulations on your 1,000 followers, 10 years too late, Eric Shaw Quinn. <laughs> right.
1: Ah. <laughs> Still trying to figure out Twitter. All right, stick to the script. Also. We have even less, even less than the stupid moron <laughs> Twitter white people honkies, um oh, honky Twitter, who didn't realize there was a white yeah, version yeah, yeah, yeah. of the Wizard no, no, of no, Oz. They didn't just had no well, fucking idea what they had, there was, what had they a were lot of makeup about. on oh, in okay. their <laughs> Sure,
0: yeah, absolutely. Judy was wearing <laughs> okay. a lot of makeup. We
1: yeah. have even less to say than usual about the pinheads at Fox News who, not making this up actually suggested in their coverage of the recent tragic terrorist massacre in San Bernardino that the violent, deadly assault was actually a part of the war on Christmas. Oh, for fuck's sake. I mean, it was a Christmas party, but really, guys, first, our hearts are broken over the tragic loss of so many in this cowardly and meaningless act of senseless and pointless violence And our thoughts and prayers are, of course, with those who lost their lives at the hands of these craven psychopaths. But to Fox News, really? Really? I mean, all we can possibly think to say is Christmas is fine. Let it go. Maybe consider journalism lessons, right? I mean, who knows? You might actually be good at reporting the news if you ever tried it. Oh, I wouldn't go that far.
0: Okay. (laughs) Also not being discussed, Jerry Falwell Jr. There's another one? Yes, there is a Jerry Falwell Jr. And he is apparently working to radicalize the students of Liberty University into the Christian terrorists. They can no longer effectively be at the ballot box by encouraging them all to take out concealed carry permits so they can stop, and I'm quoting him, those Muslims before they unleash imaginary terrorist attacks on a fake university that has never once in history been subjected to a terrorist attack or a mass shooting. There's an actual university? Don't get us wrong. We're totally in favor of the students of Liberty University packing up and shipping out to fight ISIL in the land where ISIL actually lives and is currently killing large numbers of people on a regular basis. But as usual, Liberty University is all hateful talk and no actual Christianity. (laughs) So until they actually decide to become real Christian soldiers or at the very least maybe hop over to San Bernardino and actually help the families of the slain, we won't be talking about these bigots and phonies
1: either. Right? Real Christians. That Mm -hmm. would be an interesting... Those Christians. Yeah, exactly. Finally, we are... Truly speechless over presidential candidate and leading fuckwit Ted Cruz's comments about the old white guy who led the terrorist attack on Planned Parenthood in the kind of fucked up Thanksgiving observance you'd expect from his misogynist anti-life terrorist group. Anyway, Cruz, who is apparently hated by everyone who actually knows him, suggested that the terrorist gunman was a transgender tool of the left wing. I uh, yeah. Uh we can we can only assume that the ignorant anti-immigrant US senator Cruz, who is in fact an immigrant, is also taking full advantage of the fact that pot is now legal in Washington DC because mere stupidity doesn't completely account for all of the fucked up shit that he says. As for everything else, <laughs> It's on all on the table on tonight's live cast of the Dinner Pisardi Show. <laughs> there was a little typo in the script there. Exciting new spellings the here. The Dinner Passardi Show. Even more exciting, tonight's show is featuring the return of Premier Party Person Anne yeah! Rice.
3: You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Enjoy the hors d'oeuvres, but don't fill up. There's plenty more to come.
0: Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm
1: Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And I almost lost the competition for Find the Trash Can here the in the studio.
0: The trash can was in the wrong place. We almost had to cancel the show. We didn't cancel the show because the president is currently addressing the nation from the Oval Office. We almost canceled it because we couldn't find the wastebasket like, underneath it our table. would be horrible if
1: we were doing this and he's, like, declaring war on Russia? Russia I or hope something he's like not. I hope this will be a day that lives in. You know what I mean. Like, and we're
0: sitting over here, like,
4: girl, girl, girl. Blah media, blah blah media, blah. blah. Media. So anyway, crew still a jerk. I yeah. just
1: figure, not unlike the dinner party show, his uh his remarks will be available online in perpetuity for Absolute, those who yes. actually miss them. So I'll really be listening hope- to the president when I get home. But thank you, faithful listeners, for joining us tonight. And he'll be on. Huffington Post later if he says anything. And if
0: you're listening to the podcast version of this show, as most of you do, you really don't give a shit about any of this because you will have already heard the president's remarks. Right? It's
1: like making jokes with the live studio audience. It's like, yeah, I'm watching this at home. I don't know what you're talking
0: about. Yeah, I have no idea. Like, and it happens a lot on the Daily Show. They'll, he'll, John Stewart used to vaguely reference something they had clearly done in the warm-up before they went on the air. And
1: uh, why am I being included in this? And the nightly report, um, Larry Larry Wilmore does it too. Yeah. Totally based on that. Eric Shaw Quinn. And a potato. We head need to talk today. about how tired oh, you are. Oh my God. Let me just
0: say, you strolled into the studio at, I'm going to say,
1: 15 minutes to showtime, yes. which at, was interesting. It was as soon as I could manage to get it together to get here. I, Christopher has already posted a little picture online. Uh, of my efforts, from Eric
0: West. does Christmas like a freshman cramming for midterms, only to greater effect because Christmasville, which you can see pictures of on Facebook,
1: and there's a Facebook page.
0: There is a Facebook a Facebook
1: a page, Facebook page.
0: For, page <laughs> apparently, it's rubbing off. Which on I'll me. be
1: updating this week. Forgive me. I there was a there was a problem in the building. My the fireplace got broken, and I had to wait. For three days, for the repair it people to actually an epic, show up,
0: epic fucking Christmas preparation.
1: So I had in to Eric do three days worth of work in like twelve hours. I was literally from eight o'clock in the evening until, and I had been working up until eight o'clock in the evening, but until about well, until everybody got there on Saturday. I Yes, was you had a little dinner party for some
0: old friends of yours. You do the same thing every year. Every and- year,
1: and it, if it hadn't been close friends, I might have canceled the party, but. Yeah, so I've had, like, I had a great night sleep last night, but I did it all in, like, three hours sleep. Plus, it's like I've been to some boot camp. I can hardly—I've got muscle aches in places— that I didn't know I had places. Well,
0: I think you need to give some people more of a picture of... Uh, y'all, correct me. I, I'll give people more of a picture of what you do. Like, you have a walk-in closet that is filled from floor to ceiling with the boxes that contain the components of your Christmas village. We already have a question from a party person on the page. Paul Emery wants to know if you routinely terrify your Christmas village, like... Um, Godzilla would. That would be terrorized. But Christmas <laughs> Village, you'd like, to, Probably
1: more, uh, like, I terrify my Christmas Village like Mama June would. <laughs> Lying on the sofa eating cookies and farting It's probably <laughs> as, as fearsome as I get, I would say. <laughs>
0: That's pretty fearsome.
1: Listen, if Godzilla let
0: one rip over Tokyo, I'm that would be the you, end of, like, really being, Tokyo. Would it be
1: flaming? Would
0: it come out on fire, I, I wonder? That
1: is a good question, that the that nerd a, community... Right? Don't be able to answer. Does Godzilla fart fire? Does Godzilla anyway, fart so fire? Anyway, so I don't. But yeah, I think that's about as terrifying as it gets. And I love living in Winter Wonderland. I mean, the house is really like, like I say, join the Facebook fan page. It's called Greater, Greater Christmasville. Christmasville. Greater
0: Christmasville. And
1: this week, I promise, when I've recovered from getting ready for Greater Christmasville um, in record time, I will um, begin to post pictures and. Well,
0: it's beautiful. Vignettes, it's and there's always beautiful. a video, and
1: I there's always a video at Christmas if I can figure out which computer actually allows you to make a video. One year there was this. Remember, there was this last Whoa. minute panic. I couldn't get any of the computers to oh, create a video, yeah. or it wouldn't run the program that I had run the year before. To I don't yeah, know. it's really.
0: It, I am exhausted from how you do Christmas. But Christopher exhausted. was a great guest Thank because you. he knew I
1: was so dead. He actually stayed after the dinner party and washed all of the dishes.
0: I did. I had help from our friend John. He right? stayed and helped too, My but I we saintly washed. My
1: friend stayed and washed all of the dishes all from the, the dinner dishes. party, so which
0: was a sizable task. We have some announcements to make. I have a new pre-order that's available at TheDinnerPartyShow.com. I just can't stop writing these romance novels. I got another one coming out in February. It's called Dance of Desire, February 23rd. The pre-orders are already available? The pre- this pre-order is already up at TheDinnerPartyShow.com and on Amazon. These books are exclusive to Amazon for 90 days, and and then they become available from other retailers. And I've got another one that I don't think we have the product post up at thedinnerpartyshow.com right now, but we probably will in a few days if you're it listening can to the podcast. Uh, Liliana Hart, who's been a guest on the show.
1: Love her. She was so much fun. She came to the, yeah. the, the Wright Murder Party And you picked one New of Orleans. her books as your favorite Absolutely. recently? Absolutely. I had such a great time reading. Oh, it's Whiskey Rebellion. I can't Risky remember which whiskey, rebellion. but I think that's the one. It's a whole series. Really her other
0: series, the mckenzie Family series, she has invited several authors that she is friends with to write stories, essentially novellas so they're substantial they're not just short stories in that world and I wrote one called desire and ice so it's gonna be out in February and that's now available for pre-order as well these are not exclusive to Amazon they're available for multiple retailers and I think they actually go on sale on iBooks before everywhere else so This stuff is all out there on the Ethernet. It will be on um, thedinnerpartyshow.com soon. So when you're listening to it, it'll probably be up. I think it is up. Is Uh, it up? Is Shea Butter's telling us? Shea Butter says it's up. I know Dance of Desire is up. I don't know if the McKinsey's. Stories are up to, but um, we'll get them to anyone who something's
1: up. I'm not sure what's up with Shay. It's always hard to tell. Be
0: up, right? They like to say here at the dinner. I'll check in
1: in the butler's pantry a little later on and see if maybe we can determine whether or not that shit be up.
0: Absolutely. Well, you know, the holiday time is an exhausting time for all of us, and uh, I I think we're gonna make it through. And I think that's why. What are you doing with your (laughs) your iPad, Eric Shaw Quinn? I thought
1: I was opening the website, but I you
0: are about to make noises happen. so we invited my mother back because she would not leave us alone about coming back on Actually, the show.
1: we were the bigger pest. No, we were like,
0: you have. She's like, I have to write my book. I was like, you can take time out to come on you The Dinner Party Show. take out
1: an hour to come be on the show and say hi. It's the holidays and everybody wants to see you. And it's favorite month. I That's mean, it. I was waiting for you to hit the We're going to have all favorites this month. This Please.
0: month is all favorites. And we're adding stuff to Christopher and Eric's favorites at TheDinnerPartyShow.com. This is where we put heartfelt product recommendations both from ourselves and from our guests. Guests. And tonight, she will be recommending several things, which will become available in the favorite section later in the week. I'm going to kill you if you don't stop fucking with that iPad, Eric Shawquinn. But I, I you, love you because it's I'm Christmas. Just
1: trying to open our our fan our. Web page. It's My fine. You just God. sit there and
0: look pretty and say funny things like you always I do. I do have on a cute sweater. I have to break the news to you, however, that um we have a special Christmas something or other, I'm gonna call it from one of our special correspondents. Oh well
1: it is the to- the holiday time of year. Yeah,
0: I'll just after this promo we'll have you introduce it and uh it'll it'll be fine, I promise.
1: Okay, that sounds ominous. Uh Merry Christmas.
0: From the dark, sinister landscape of Hollywood, the land of broken dreams and unkept promises, Eric Shaw Quinn delivers a twisted tale of serial murder, celebrity intrigue, and the bankrupt lives of the tarnished denizens of Tinseltown. Wright Murder, the first in his new Wright Murder Mystery Series. Since it's from Eric Shaw Quinn, amidst the horror and mayhem, this is also the laugh out loud, funny adventures of two of the most unlikely detectives since The Thin Man, and stop or My Mom Will Shoot. I'm Christopher Rice and I want to tell you about my friend and co-host Eric Shaw Quinn's new novel, Right Murder. It's the story of Angela Panderson, the washed-up has-been TV star, and Paige Blanche, her ghostwriter, former best friend, and current enemy. Together, due to circumstances beyond their ability to control, they reluctantly set aside their feud long enough to find the murderer, clear their names, and most importantly, get a three-picture deal. All while taking you on a tour of the real behind-the-scenes Hollywood, and giving you the inside story on the entertainment capital of the world from an Eric's eye view. Right murder now available for purchase in your favorite formats through thedinnerpartyshow.com and at Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, Kobo, and iBooks. Right murder. Fame is murder.
3: You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, where the soup is hot, but the heads are hotter.
1: And now The Dinner Party Show is proud to present a special version of Twas the Night Before Christmas by,
3: oh, for Christ's sake,
1: Jordan fucking Ampersand. Who else?
4: I swear to God. Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the club, all the drag queens were screaming. Hi, girl. And their steps were all dubbed. Their makeup was caked on their faces with care as they tried to get the attention of the porn star who did all his scenes bare. The DJ spun tracks by Rihanna and Miley while capsules of Molly made us all happy and smiley. My bestie in his jumper and I in my thong had just scrambled our brains with a fat remix of that new Adele song. Hola. 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 When in front of the club there arose such a ruckus, I turned to Fitzpatrick and said, run girl, it's that old troll who always tries to fuck us. Away to the dance floor we flew in a flash, grabbing some napkins to cover my ass. The disco balls twirling so high over our heads made everyone around us look brightly colored and dead. But what to our wandering eyes should appear but the CEO of a major record label and several of the young assistants he holds so dear. He was super old but also lively and quick, which told us he was so fucking rich nobody cared he had a small dick. We jumped up and down, hoping he'd see us, but instead he turned to the drag queens as if they were jaguars, in we a priest. Girl, 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 girl.
1: Now, Bubbles, now Bundles, now Princess Brozac. On Skanky Picnic, on Luscious Febreze, on Madam Panic Attack. To my limo on the boulevard and my beach house in Malibu, I'm having
4: a Christmas party, and the special guests are all of you. As drag queens before an offer of cocaine fly, when they meet with an obstacle, give basic bitches side-eye. So into the limo, the drag queens all piled with purses full of pills and sequins by the mile. And then in a twinkling, they heard on their roof Fitzpatrick and I screaming, why the fuck weren't we invited to? As the limo squealed to a halt and a guard jumped from the front, out came the executive Sounding grunts. <laughs> he was dressed all in Dolce, which totally didn't fit and his jeans were so tight it looked like he couldn't sit. A pipe full of something was stuck in his lips and he looked super creepy when he offered us a hit. His eyes wouldn't close but his skin was smooth as a baby's. His jaw looked made out of metal and he bared his teeth like he had rabies. His never-ending mouth went from one ear to the other leaving me to wonder, how much did this face cost and should I buy one for my mother? The end of his glass pipe he held tight in his teeth, but the smell coming from it was like someone had pissed on a wreath. He had clearly paid experts to get rid of his belly, and when he laughed, he coughed up more of that smoke, which was really smelly. He was skinny and sketchy, a troll on crack, and the more Fitzpatrick and I looked at him, the more we had a panic attack. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head made him look like one of the zombies on The Walking Dead. (laughs) He spoke not a word, but just offered us his pipe. Which, of course, Fitzpatrick accepted because he's a fucking crackhead. And laying a finger along the side of his nose, he gestured to the limo to see if we still wanted to go. I ran for the sidewalk, pulling on my bestie, and the limo squealed away, carrying with it all that sketchy. Fitzpatrick exclaimed, Do you think they'll come back? To which I answered, Oh, for fuck's sake, Fitzpatrick, I can buy you crack. Merry Christmas, bitches.
1: You are literally one of the worst things to
4: ever happen to me. Ah. Uh-huh.
3: You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. And now, it's time for The Dish. We hope you kept your silverware. Welcome back to
0: The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And... I'm
2: Ann Rice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody,
0: wait for the end. Wait for the very end. I want some more. There we go. Boom.
2: <laughs> Welcome home. Oh, I'm so glad to be back with you guys. How are you doing?
0: We're all right. I don't know. We'll make it through. We're great. We're I'm we're living in tired. Winter Wonderland. I'm worn out
1: but <laughs> I'm living in Winter Wonderland, which is my favorite. I love this time of year.
2: Do you love this time of year, Anne? Oh, absolutely. It's absolutely. Best. I love it. It's It's the time of year for... Fires and cozy rooms and reminiscing and being with those you love, it's its a wonderful time of year. Oh, that
1: beautiful new living room of yours. I can't wait to see the tree.
0: I will tell you, I, we've told everyone that Anne Rice, my mom, a.k.a., is not joining us in studio tonight. She is actually joining us from her home via the miracle of Skype technology. Right. And a new microphone that I believe is called the Yeti. Is that correct? The Yeti microphone?
2: I guess so. This is a very impressive (laughs) piece of equipment, uh, you know. And, of course, Beckett is here assisting me with all this. Always. Thanks,
1: Beckett. Yes, always. Always. Okay, so let's start with, so you're actually where you write your book. Yes.
2: Absolutely. No, no, I'm sitting in the great room, the big library room yeah, where we, we watch we, movies we, and we know, where Mom, we read. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh, you're, you're like
1: fabulous. Still, yeah. Oh, just outside of the office. We had yeah. really. an issue. Because the birds would be the on. The birds,
2: that's the it. Birds, <laughs> it. We were to, like, yes. are we
0: going to move the parakeets out of her office or are we going to yeah. move Anne out of the office? Sprinkle a little Xanax over the parakeet <laughs> cage.
2: Parakeets, yes, yes.
0: Okay, yes. so, Mom, you excited everyone a few days ago because you ended your social media hiatus. You are back. You are back on Facebook. You were posting about things you love. So how did that experience go for you?
2: Well, it's wonderful to be back. It really is. I mean, I love the people of the page. I really miss them. But it was a good retreat. It was a real retreat. And I did other things. I read books. I watched films. um, I came to terms with some things. What I basically decided was that I was going to go on posting on controversial topics on the page, no matter what. And that there would have to be more moderation of the page. Uh,
0: I, I, yeah, and I, we I bring up this study all the time here on the dinner party show because we always talk about moderation and content curation on the internet in general, but there was it was a some sort of video game interactive website where people were chatting and interacting, and they they wanted to stop what they called trolling. And so they brought in some experts to study what the trolling behavior was about and who was doing it and rather than finding a discrete group of people who were simply there to disrupt and to stop the conversation what they found is that a lot of the participants um, engaged in this behavior at various times, and that meant that they wanted to be there. They weren't just there to, to hurt people mm-hmm. or to destroy conversations and threads. So, if you instilled some rules, they mm-hmm. would follow the rules because they didn't want to be kicked out of the platform. Whereas the, right. the stereotype of the troll is he just goes or she just goes from thread to thread, seeking to shut each thing down. It's not. It's sometimes it's sometime it's, a, it's too restrictive a definition. So, I believe. I don't,
2: in- Yeah, I don't think the word troll. Uh, Serves us well anymore. Yeah. There's just more complexity. We've moved on.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah,
1: I think people are just becoming more adept in their interaction with social media. It's a bigger and bigger influence on our society. I mean, look at this all of this terrorist th- mm-hmm. traffic recently is largely centered around social media. Arab Spring was mm-hmm. fueled and encouraged by social media. There yeah. there were a lot mm-hmm. right. It has really changed its impact on the way in which we communicate with each other anymore. And I think yeah, old models of trolling may have Mm -hmm. we may have moved past that. Yeah, absolutely.
2: And the people of the page want moderation. They don't like it either. I mean, I'm not the only one who doesn't like uh, hateful, disruptive comments. I mean, they don't like it. They are always complaining about being pounced upon by groups of people when they express their opinions. And so I think they're very supportive of more moderation. And I'm the only one moderating, you understand. It's not like there are other people automatically deleting people for crossing boundaries. Mm -hmm. I remove the posts when I feel that they disrupt the page and make conversation difficult, if not impossible.
1: Right. Because, yeah. yeah, it's about talking with each other. And I well, no, it's and
0: with it, a million people. It is, and it's a problem with people trying to hijack the topic, to make the topic about something that it's not really about. We talked about that previously on the show with the circumcision debate, and people try yes. to make it this conversation about female circumcision, about male circumcision, and consent, right. and all this sort of stuff. And it's like, right. sometimes you have to say, if you're on a... Met, there's an airline website that I go to, because yeah. I'm a commercial aviation nerd, called Airline And if you post something that's off topic in a certain thread, they will write you and say, we moved your post to the relevant thread because it was not... Like, the internet is not a free-for-all. It just isn't. Exactly. Like not, Anyway. Well,
1: I mean, it is if you're going to start your own page, but to show up on somebody else's exactly. place and to expect to do whatever you want there, it's that continuing, mis- I think, misunderstanding of the notion of free speech in this country. You're allowed to say whatever you want, but you're not free from the consequence yeah. of having said it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We did a whole show with Jennifer Armentrout, which is in our podcast library, who started a hashtag called Use Social Media for Good, where she asked everybody on a day just to say something. Something positive on Twitter, something nice about somebody, to counteract the constant acrimony and bitterness and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. Anyway, we can talk about this all night, but we have some voicemails on our party line from oh, some yes. of
1: your, from your adoring fans,
0: aforementioned people of the page. Here is Samiko Salson who called in this week.
5: Oh hey, this is Samiko Salson, and this question's for Anne Rice, and it's about the young messiah which is that movie based on christ the lord i guess it's coming out in march so um have you seen it do you like it sean beans in it does he die how you feel about it also what's going on with the other movies okay, okay. i
0: believe that All was right. a, a game of All thrones right. joke because <laughs> i yeah, think at this that, point everybody
2: knows sean bean thank, does not survive thank game you samiko uh i have seen the young messiah and i love it and completely support mm-hmm. it i think it's just thrillingly faithful to um, the concerns of the book i mean it it it's it's just cyrus and betsy narester did a beautiful job on it they wrote the script cyrus directed it it's it's marvelous and it's getting very good responses all over the country in test screenings uh, it's really really great it brought me to tears and that's hard a hard thing to happen, you know, with a movie based on it. my work, yeah. right? Right. I, I forgot that I was the author, you know, and and just wow, enjoyed That's enjoyed praise. it a lot. And and I think it's it's quite remarkable. And also, it was terribly important to me to write a biblical book about Jesus that was not anti-Semitic, and they succeeded in making a film that is not anti-Semitic, and that uh, just totally warms my heart. That was that was so important to me. Uh, with regard to other movies, um, uh, Universal Studios is developing the Vampire Chronicles, and Excellent. they're making progress.
1: So exciting. That's
0: so yeah, it exciting.
2: Is. It really is. And that
0: one we can't talk about, but it is very exciting. What we can't talk about is very exciting, now, so I'm going to put it that way. I,
1: I would like to bring up a little known fact. Oh, yes. About, what? Um About Christ the Lord. Christ the Lord comes out on March 11th, and uh, I went online to see if any advanced ticket sales were happening already, and according to Fandango, um, Shaka Khan is starring in uh, Young Messiah.
0: (laughs) That's got to be an error on Fandango.
1: I, I, I was surprised to see that. Who I love Shaka, Shaka. 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 She's a She's a, a, a an R&B singer. She's yes, quite she, good. I really like her. She but, is not in The Young Messiah. But oh, according right. to Fandango, okay. she's yes. appearing in The Young Messiah.
0: So let's start a campaign, a peaceable campaign, to write Fandango and ask them to correct this well, error.
1: actually, I, I would point out that you can sign up at The Fandango, if you go to Fandango, you can sign up and they will notify you. They will send you an email when tickets become available. So if you want to know, you want to be among the first to see it, it's a great great. way to. And you can also back me up and see. I was really quite startled. I was like, yeah, okay, Yeah, that's pretty startling. Wow. That's I that's an unusual choice. Yeah, absolutely.
5: (laughs) All (laughs) right. Let's go
0: back to our party line and see what else we got cranking up here.
5: Hello, dinner party show. I am calling at well, four twenty-two a.m. Been sobering all up night. Editing. So, anyways, I was listening to the radio and I heard "Dark Side of the Moon," and you know that part when the guy just starts laughing his ass off. It reminded me of Eric. You guys have to play that because it sounds just like Eric's laugh. Anyways, I was laughing so hard when I heard that because it reminded me of him. Um, so it wasn't I'm calling me. I'm old, because but I'm not I have a that. question for Anne. How doesn't make you feel that so many people are you know so many new fans are twilight fans are starting to become Anne rice fans Ooh. because they're all hearing about ann rice and the books and the movies and starting to you know the word is starting to get around especially in the social media so i want to know how Anne feels about all her books becoming live movies anyway you guys have a great sunday and uh, maybe I'll call in next week
2: too. So take care. Okay. Bye bye. Wow, I, I really didn't know that. That a lot of Twilight fans were becoming Anne Rice fans this is wonderful. I don't know I how that could help. It. I hope. I hope it's true. I think it's. I think it's absolutely wonderful. I'm very, very pleased.
0: So okay. More importantly, let's let's get up this clip from Dark Side of the Moon and, and see if this laughing guy actually <laughs> sounds like Eric Quinn. Okay, let's all vote on this. Here it is.
5: is in my head. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: okay, that's one We have two samples of Okay this.
1: safe to say that Talitha just
0: associates you with laughter. That yeah, with nice laughter
2: and good cheer.
1: Well, yeah. what, what do people on the page think? What do the people, what do the party people think? Does Let's that, put the vote does to that them. Sound like we'll my have, laughter,
0: uh, we'll have Shea Butter's take an informal vote, and uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll get I don't, back I don't... to you with
1: that as the show develops. But uh, yeah, that's interesting, uh, Talitha. Thanks for uh, for the shout out. Excellent. I was not actually uh, featured on that album, but. Um, I Who might knows. have been <laughs> Alright mom another message from you from the party line This one from
0: Jeffrey Brasher
5: Hello this is Jeffrey Brasher uh, I just wanted to say hello to Miss Anne, Christopher and Eric And all the great party people Thanking you all for my Sunday evening entertainment uh-huh. uh, I miss seeing everyone in New Orleans this year uh, It was great fun I know And I hated good that nice. I missed it uh, And to Miss Ann, I still think we should pursue the idea Of an erotic pop up novel But anyway love to all Thank you <laughs> again and good night
1: <laughs> a neurotic pop up novel that would be great, it'd be startling, but
2: yes, how could that possibly miss? Like because th- popping up is so important, it's so to all it. about
1: ero- Mom! eroticism.
2: You're on my show, <laughs>
1: I'm with you. Well, Anne. I was
2: just relating to what Jeffrey said. That's, I know, absolutely, it's like that
1: fabulous joke of uh, from uh, the Vitavina and routine. Do you pop out at parties? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my God. This always happens when
1: my mom comes on
0: the show. It just gets dirty. All right. So it is oh, favorites okay. month here at the dinner party show. And we asked you to come prepared, Miss huh? Rice, because you're going to recommend yes, at I've least five of your favorite things. I think we're going to do two or three of them right now, and Excellent. then we'll have a short break and we'll come back. So these will become available on the on the Christopher and Eric's like, favorites do page a countdown? at the dinner party in the guest favorites tab and they will be um under guest favorites because that's what they are. All right, mom. What is... I guess we didn't ask you to rank them in any particular order. You can just sort of pop them off. But these are all things you're very excited about. <laughs> sure, sure. We're, back We're back to, to popping, popping off. off. Yes.
2: <laughs> popping up and popping off. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Bad. Now, did you want me to talk about novels? Uh, well, well, anything, I, you, know, anything I, you want.
0: We don't put any restrictions on people. Yeah, we okay. do all kinds of things. Okay,
2: I can, I can tell you based on my recent reading, I, I fell in love with an old novel called The Sojourner by Marjorie Keenan Rollins. And I totally recommend this novel. And you can get it on Amazon. You can buy old hardcovers and you can buy new paperbacks. It's a wonderful, wonderful novel. It's one of the best novels I ever read. And I just discovered it. She's been dead for decades. She was a Southern writer from Florida and she wrote *The Yearling*, which became a famous movie oh, with right. Gregory Peck. Just a terrific author. I recommend that. That's one of my favorites. I could list it's classics. The Sojourner. The Sojourner. Yeah, right. The Sojourner. And I could list classics. Of course, as my favorites, but. Um, when it comes to what I'm reading right now, Daniel Silva is oh, my favorite yes, action are, thriller yeah, that writer house is right now. Full of and,
1: Daniel Silva books. Yes, yep.
2: and I just love his spy novels. He he writes about an Israeli spy named Gabriel Alon, who is uh, also uh, an art restorer. And I just I just love these novels. The great thing about these Daniel Silva novels is they're right. Contemporary, right now. It's uh-huh. it's not Cold War stuff. It's not post oh, World War II yeah. stuff. It's it's happening right now in these novels, and I think Silva does a beautiful job. Uh, the other two writers I really discovered this year, best-selling authors, uh, Louise Penny. And her Inspector Gamache novels, oh. and also The Nightingale by Kristen Hanna. Oh, that was, that was a was very a popular really, book. Tell us really about that book because I'm
0: not familiar with the with the storyline of it, but it was bi- it was a kind of a breakout book for her, I think.
2: A tremendous book. It, it's about two women, t- uh, two sisters, during World War II, and it really tells the war and the tragedies from a woman's point of view, from oh, their points of view, that's what they endured one in her home village in France and the other one actually out there doing spy work and serious spy work. And there are long passages that are incredibly difficult to read about the camps and Mm. what what oh. one of the sisters went through but they're beautifully done and it really is a big rich novel and and it didn't hit me till you know it was over and i thought this is really the woman's point of view on all this right. and it, it is a, it's a noble attempt at that that really succeeds i, I was very very impressed with it very impressed recommended to anybody okay. the other favorites i have are just the classics great okay. expectations you know christmas carol read it again now oh
1: yeah, i absolutely. just got out the copy you gave me last year for christmas well
0: we're going to take a short break and then come back and talk about some more of your favorites and pretty much anything else you want to talk about because you mom are our favorite guest Absolutely, as always, <laughs> here on the dinner the party, first party person
5: don't thank go you. away thank you, thank you.
3: The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, bringing you interviews with some of the hottest celebrities who made the mistake of taking Christopher and Eric's call. I'm Christopher Rice and I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. Favorites Month continues on The Dinner Party Show this Sunday,
1: December 13th, with two of our very favorite guests. Beloved groundbreaking
0: author Patricia Nell Warren and beloved groundbreaking TV writer Brian
1: Fuller will both be joining us live in studio. Leave your questions for these two amazingly talented writers on our party line at 323- pez tdps or the dinner party show's facebook page that's patricia L. warren and brian fuller this
3: sunday december 13th at 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific the dinner party show a new live cast begins airing every sunday at 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific at the dinner or through our free mobile app subscribe to our podcast on itunes where all of our shows are available for free anytime you want to listen I'm
1: Lyle Johnson, and I'm called DeWitt, and we're Two Gay Christians with Two Snaps for Jesus.
0: And we would just like to congratulate Dinner Party Show co-host Christopher Rice on the publication of Kiss the Flame, the latest novella in his
1: Desire Exchange series. We're told this book is an ironic romance. Now, as gay Christians, there are some things we don't approve of that other gays like. Uh-huh, like a three-way with your friend Dale from Atlanta, uh-huh. even if he is a dancer at Swingin' Richards. We're still on that, are we? Anyway, we do, however, embrace the exploration of sexual and romantic fantasies between consenting adults wherever it may occur in books, films and television.
0: Indeed, which is another way of saying Kyle hired that porn star he used to date to handle the music at our church this month.
1: Wasn't that a plan? Right? Like the plan for this promo, which is not to grind our own axes, but promote the release of Kiss the Flame, a desire exchange novella by Christopher Rice, now available for purchase through thedinnerpartyshow.com and Amazon. Congratulations, Christopher. And here's hoping your next book actually has some gay characters in it again. Girl, you went there.
0: I'm Christopher
1: Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn.
0: The internet is full of people talking about stuff they hate. So on the DinnerPartyshow.com, we've decided to launch a new feature that's
1: all about stuff we love. That's right. It's called Christopher and Eric's Favorites. Each month, we'll recommend a variety of products we just can't live without so that you can enjoy them, too.
0: You can visit Christopher and Eric's favorites at TheDinnerPartyShow.com, and that's where you can also sign up for our newsletter and be the first to know when new favorites are added
1: to the site. And remember, if you use any of the buy links on TheDinnerPartyShow.com, a percentage of your purchase will help support the operation of the show.
3: You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw-Quinn, where dessert is the most important meal of the day.
0: I want some more? Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm
1: Eric
2: Shaw-Quinn. And our
0: premier party person, Ann Rice, is live via Skype. And welcome to The Dinner Party Show again.
2: Oh, I'm delighted to be here.
0: Did we, did we wake you up there? We, <laughs> no. That, that no, was a lot no. of promos in the last segment. That we was know.
2: okay. I love them.
0: Um, so we have a lot of questions. We played some messages from our party line, but we have messages and, excuse me, questions for you from our Facebook page. Andrea Kaiser would like to know, do you, well, she is asserting that you do a lot of research into background time periods, such as what life was like for Lestat when he was still human and for Akasha. Do you enjoy the research?
2: Oh, I love the research. The research is creatively hot. You know, it's it's uh, it I, I may look dry to somebody else. I'm sitting there with a great big clunky book on ancient Egypt. But I'm reading things that are just firing away in my brain and making me see stories and characters. Totally. I love researching history, archaeology, social history, all of it. And I do it all the time. It just never stops. You know, yeah, the, never.
1: The angel time books are really historically... Um, Oh, yeah. The research for those is really intensive.
2: I love doing those. I love going back to the 1200s and reading about relations between Jews and Christians in England and what was going on. And then going to the Renaissance period and reading about the Jews of Rome and how they survived uh, with all the pressure on them, really, from the Christians and so forth. And the whole idea of that Angel Time series was to create... Uh, travels for toby odare my hero that would take him to all different periods of in time where he could answer the prayers of people or help to answer the prayers of people i want to get back to that
0: have you ever researched anything like a period in history and gone oh god no i can't write about this <laughs> like it's just it's too brutal or it's too it's too um sad or i i don't know is there anything you've just sort of said i can't go there
2: well, there there's certainly some things that just don't interest me. Like I don't think I would ever want to write a novel from the point of view of Genghis Khan. Mm. It's just not something I want to do at all, you know. And then sometimes I research periods like the period of Queen Elizabeth the in England, and I'm so overwhelmed by it. I've never known what to do with it in my novels. Love notes. that period. It's Although just, I would
1: Lasher was certainly in and around the um,
2: yeah yeah the, it that, was that mm-hmm. time frame. Yeah, but you know what I mean. I I read everything on Elizabeth and everything on Henry and everything on Anne Boleyn, but, and I never know where to put all that in. Or my books.
0: what what you're going to bring to it, right? There's one. There's sometimes that's true of, of little periods in history. It's like if you feel like the story is complete. And fully mm-hmm. realized as it's been documented and recorded. I'm fascinated with the place where there are gaps in the record. Right. Yes. Like where, how do you explain this? Yes. How do you explain this migration of people? How do you explain the sudden death of this king just as he was about to take over England? Do you know like how do you yeah, you, you know yeah. stuff yeah. like and, that? And
2: and stuff that people don't know about, just don't know about. I mean, when I wrote Feast of All Saints about the free people of color in Louisiana before the Civil War, I was just, just achingly thrilled to do that novel because people just don't know about that culture. Right, they right. don't know about the free black people who were who who contributed so much to the culture of Louisiana. History has just buried all that
1: right. And cry to heaven we might bring up as yeah. well. Yes. Certainly about looking into yeah. an interesting period and some great new developments in and around that project.
2: Oh absolutely uh, Matthew Wilder is developing the Broadway opera that he's doing on Cry to Heaven he's developing it up in Seattle and they're making phenomenal progress this the score is just breathtaking it's it's unbelievable so and exciting. i'm convinced that this will not only be a smash success in seattle when they finish it but that it will go to broadway
1: god fingers crossed i really i so excited really, about it it's really a great project great. but another brilliant sort of your evocation of a historical fact into a fully realized story and insights into the time period and and the mm-hmm. customs
2: Mm-hmm. And Matthew is being very, very faithful to the spirit of the book, Cry to Heaven. He's really, it's really about the castrati and it's really about men who love men as well as women. And it, it, he's doing it really and it's, in it's, a way I never, he's so faithful. I'm so used to my stuff not being handled in a faithful way. You know, I, I, I'm just amazed.
0: Well, and it's about gender, too, which is really yeah, up right now gender. with the struggles that the transgender community are going through for visibility and acceptance mm-hmm. and, and the and the violence that's leveled against that community. It's not about that, but it is about a lot of the topics that are at the center of that issue. And I hope that it will be timely and relevant yeah. to oh, that yeah. segment of the audience, at least. Yeah, it has been mm-hmm. really
1: eye-opening for me as the transgender community has become more visible to understand that there is a sense of there is a difference between sexuality and gender like because mm-hmm. I'm I'm very oriented in the way that I am it had never really that possibility hadn't really occurred to me although I think there's all, there is a broader discussion of being a man or being a woman and mm-hmm. what that actually means sure. to and all
0: of us And this
2: is the time this is the time when we want to talk about it
0: Absolutely so we have to talk about the elephant in the room Or the vampire in the room. Will Ralston would like an update on where you are with the next Vampire Chronicles novel.
2: Can't wait. Well, I'm working on it, and it's a full-blown sequel to Prince Lestat. It picks up the whole tribe. It picks up what they're doing. It picks up right, really, where Prince Lestat left off. And it's, it, as I'm envisioning it right now, it's another enormous novel like The Witching Hour where that'll contain everything but the kitchen sink, as wow, the expression goes. cool. And I, I have to see. It's going to start flowing. And, and, you know, once you start writing, that's when certain ideas take hold and dominate and other ideas die, yes, you know, and you totally sort of have, you have to watch it. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty stoked to do it. You know, I'm really ready to just to plunge into it and, and, and ignore everything else for the next few months and, and, and let, let this pour out all this that's in my mind right now.
1: So exciting. I God I love Prince Lestat. It was such an amazing uh, rebirth, really the Renaissance, the, The Anne Rice's Renaissance. Mm,
2: Thank you, Eric. The Chronicles
1: of Renaissance. I just love it. I'm so excited about the the new book.
2: I have a
0: question. What inspires the vampires for you creatively that is not... Specifically, vampire-related, or maybe even supernatural. Like, what TV shows? What type of books? Like, I think when huh. I think the answer might surprise people, right? Because you're not out there gobbling up vampire fiction oh, to no, find the voice of all. the next vampire chronicles novel. You're... No,
2: no, no. I don't even read contemporary vampire fiction because I don't want to. I don't watch the originals. I don't. I don't go there. You know, I. I don't want to. I don't want that impinging. Uh, I'll tell right. you what. What stimulates me and excites me is anything to do with Artificial intelligence, mm. you know, Blade Runner, the movie AI, um, that recent show from England with the synthetic human beings, humans, it, yeah, yeah, humans. yeah, yeah, cyborgs. Uh, because it seems to me, shows about robots and cyborgs are always talking about us in a very poignant way, and they always turn me on and feed my imagination. Because you know, the vampires are outsiders; they're they're monsters, but we're all outsiders. They're metaphors. the outsider in all of us Mm -hmm, and and so are those cyborgs and those robots whether it's battlestar galactica that you're dealing with or whether it's that movie about the little boy ai artificial Mm -hmm. intelligence
0: yeah steven spielberg film yeah
2: that wonderful line in blade runner where um regger hauer says you know he's the cyborg and he says i want more life and mm-hmm. he's dying, of course, and nobody can stop it because right. he's been programmed to die. Things like that inspire me for decades. Mm-hmm. So right now I've been watching a lot of that stuff and um, it turns me on. It really does. Mm -hmm.
0: Interesting. Interesting. I remember vividly you telling me years ago when I was getting ready to write a detective novel, you had a list of detective novelists that you recommended because you had read them to capture the voice of Lestat. Oh,
2: yeah. For the vampire Mm -hmm. Lestat.
0: This was post-interview with the vampire because you Mm -hmm. said you had made a conscious decision that you wanted him to have this gritty contemporary Mm -hmm. connected to modern times voice.
2: Yep. And I thought yep. that
0: was fascinating because, I honestly, and this gets back to, I think, what we were talking about earlier about just reading everything and, and, and soaking up everything in terms of historical research. You never know what is going to come to the fore and be useful once you're in it, once you're in That's the right. zone, once you're writing. Right. It's, yeah. it's like what you were saying about the ideas that, that die and fall away. You know, I mm-hmm. went across the world to research a city and realized once I was there that it was not right for the novel that I was researching. But the next place on the itinerary, which I was going for fun, ended up being the right place. And of course, all of this was more discovered once the novel was underway. But Mm -hmm. there's no, and I think, and you've spoken about this on uh, Facebook as well. And when you've been on the show in the past, we're in the age of There are a lot of glorious things on the Internet, but the amateur expert is the thing on the Internet that's maybe not so great because Mm -hmm. it generates all these listicles and all these so-called rules about what Mm -hmm. you can and Mm -hmm. cannot do to be a writer and what you shouldn't be doing. And I think um, your experience and I think all of our experiences as we talk about them. Uh, kind of prove that there are no rules. Nora Roberts was recently pictured holding up a little sign, a wipe-up word in an event that clearly someone handed to her and said, Nora, just write something meaningful on this and and we'll take a picture. And she said, anyone who tells you how to write a book is full of shit. (laughs)
2: That's right. Right? That's really true. That's 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 really really great advice. There are no rules. There just aren't any rules.
1: Yeah, I've always, my attitude has always been people who tell you how something is done are the people you should not be listening to. Absolutely.
2: And and they're preying
0: on a vulnerable group. I I, I mean, I I don't know if they're actively preying on them, but they have a captive audience and the frightened young or, or just emerging writer who is new
1: to... Uh, New to their ability and new to writing itself. Everybody wants you to tell me how to do it. If you do this and this Mm -hmm. and this, you will succeed. And it's like, yeah, I wish I could tell you that, but that's just totally not how it works. Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Well, I think we writers are particularly vulnerable to that sort of thing because we don't have a communal apprenticeship. We each do it in our own way. It's Mm -hmm. it's not you know it's not like baseball, football, or violin playing or or opera. You know where you have a real communal apprenticeship and all those things. You just you learn how to write a novel on your own at your desk or with your laptop. Completely.
1: Completely. Yeah. And by reading, I think. Absolutely, yeah. by reading.
2: By did, reading,
0: sure. Speaking of reading, did we cover all of your favorites? You had talked about Daniel Silva, Kristen Hanna, um, mm-hmm. and you mentioned some of the classics as well, Great Expectations and A Christmas Carol. Yeah, and you don't also,
2: Louise Penny. Louise, Louise Penny, Penny, Canadian oh, right. writer, wonderful We're gonna,
0: these will And all The be, Nightingale. And The Nightingale, which is Kristen Hanna's new big breakout book. Right, yeah. Um, and I'm going to check in with Shea Butters and see if we have any requests for repeats, but it sounds like we got everything. Um, any other favorites from you?
2: Well, movies, do you want to talk about my yeah, favorite about, movies? Oh, I mean, well, my we'll favorite movie all of night. all time totally. what? is Apocalypse Now. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. that's the one movie I would say, you know, do I want to recommend a movie for you? Watch Apocalypse and Now. And
0: why now. is it your favorite movie of all time? It's
2: a true anti-war movie about war. Almost yeah. That almost never happens. Almost every good war movie is pro-war on some level. Huh. It has to be to be a good movie. And it's a lot exciting. of a lot but, of
0: anti-war movies are about the homecoming and not necessarily yeah, the war yeah. itself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But
2: wars, movies about war itself, almost always glorify war. Well, Apocalypse Now doesn't. It's a work of genius, and I think it's an enduring work of genius. And I recommend it. So I thought of it right away when you when you talked about this favorite movies, yeah. and uh, I, I just have to say, Apocalypse Now. I've, I've never, never seen it. it.
0: And now, do oh, do you, really? do you uh-huh. think uh, humans, the BBC show about uh, artificial intelligence, would that make the list? That's something you brought up and were enamored with recently.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah. definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Cool. That TV show is really quite terrific. My favorite TV shows of all time, um, as of now, <laughs> are Deadwood and oh, The yeah. Borgias, the Neil Jordan, The Borgias. Oh, the Borgias those, those so transcended television. Those are that's classic material. That uh, I think Deadwood. Incredible, classic material, and and then of course I love old shows, very old TV shows like Gunsmoke. You know. Oh yeah, really Gun love Gunsmoke.
1: Smoke. I haven't thought of Gunsmoke in years. Oh, no, I just years. recently watched
2: all of it. I went and watched every single one. Wow, it was incredible! I, uh, Eleven years or something of Gunsmoke. I think
1: it was Gunsmoke that they canceled. Star Trek to bring back because Bill Paley's wife was like no I want to see Gunsmoke again so they,
0: I am looking to our Trekkie in the booth and he does not know the answer to that question no, but, we, so yeah, he, I haven't he heard that either for I think sure. it
1: was Gunsmoke I can't remember but it was somebody's wife who was like mm-hmm. yeah I want the other back I want and Gunsmoke so they back get rid of these uh I think aliens that's right maybe I'm wrong maybe I'm wrong about that's that one but I, I that I, it well wasn't you know
2: wrong. Star Trek Star Trek Occupies a special place in my heart and everybody's heart. I watched the whole thing those first two years oh, at home, yeah, absolutely. and at first run, and there was nothing like that. We didn't appreciate it enough at the time. We didn't realize we were witnessing history. Oh God, you know? it was yeah, it was just so astonishing. Cool. It was absolutely such a so good.
1: departure from anything that was ever. De- there was also a show back then called Time Tunnel.
2: <laughs> I didn't see Time travel. <laughs> Did I it remember. come on after time Secret tunnel. Squirrel, your other to, favorite that show? That I
1: remember loving, but it was about people. It was like your angel times. It was about people going back and in, in, traveling through time to to accomplish particular tasks. Mm. And, okay, interesting. In the world, I, it was, maybe it was terrible. I was 6 at the time, so yes. <laughs> I'm not the best judge of
0: what was a great yeah. show. Well, Anna Rice, we could keep you here all night talking about movies, books, and television, and I'm sure many of the people listening wouldn't mind, but we are reaching the end of our hour, so we want to thank you for being with us live tonight via Skype from your home. <laughs> and, uh, you know, thank you for sharing your favorites with us. We're going to post these on the on And for being the, being dinner the premier party, party person. And for being the premier party person. Well, what else you, do guys. I need to thank her for? What am I not thanking her for? I'm forgetting the Well, thank she her is, her. is your mom. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> for being the world's greatest mother. I uh, yeah, and thank you, at least yeah. The, and thank
2: you Eric and I love I love I love being on the Dinner Party Show. No, it's I love always
1: it. our pleasure.
0: Always, always. Well, next week we will be joined by Patricia Nell Warren and Brian Fuller in the same show, The Favorites. Oh my Two god. Of our favorite guests coming back to tell us about their favorites. It's all favorites uh until all about then. about
1: favorites and then on the 20th, it's the oh, Dinner Party Show Christmas Party and there's a big announcement. A big you announcement. You want to put it on the calendar. Big announcement on the 20th here on the Dinner Party Show. Big news is
0: coming to the Dinner Party Show. Thanks again, Mom. Thank
2: you, guys. Goodbye.
0: Goodbye. Until next week, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And you've been listening to the Dinner Party Show.
1: Thanks.